uh, welcome to Movie Butts. I'm Arnie Joe, and this is Dane. How you doing, Dane? What's yeah, new? I'm good, thank you. How are you? What's uh, what's uh, I have a feeling this is the first time since the beginning of the podcast that we haven't actually talked in between episodes. Usually we're on the phone or talking about something, but yeah, I'm pretty sure this is the first time that I haven't talked to you since the last one. Yeah, because you've had COVID, and I've just been um busy. Um, getting into, uh, finance, finance industry, um, making large investments. Now's a good time to get into the stock market. Totally. If, uh, if there's ever, ever a time to, you know, become a yeah. trader. It's, you know, all the, oh, they're all saying like, oh, it's, it's about to crash the stock market's but bubble, people saying bubble, whatever that means. Let me tell you when the world zigs, I zag baby. And I can smell money on the horizon. I can tell you right now, every two years, my cousin tells me about how his bubble's about to burst and I have no idea what he means, but I'm sure he's onto something, you know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, what have you been up to? Uh, just that, um, a lot of uh, daytime sleeping, um, <clears throat> wanking. Are you a bear? Watching Richard Gear movies, a bear. Why is, Are you oh, just a I big bear? Sleep a lot. Yeah, uh, I've been sleeping a lot lately because um, I cut back on coffee. Like I wanted to cut out caffeine, so I went like uh, uh, four. Why? Well, I went four days because I drink too much. So I went four days with no coffee, and then was just sleeping constantly. And then I was like, okay, I can have a cup of coffee now. And so I had a cup, and I was like. This is delicious. And so I'm back to like four cups a day. So you, you, you've stopped drinking. Am I right? Alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you, you know, you're, you're no longer a sister of Mary Jane. Correct. <laughs> uh, yeah, correct. You, uh, how's your diet going? Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. I've been eating like, and um, veggies and stuff. What about, what about Durryville? Yeah. Done. I haven't, haven't had any. So durries why either. the fuck? Do you need to cut coffee out? Because uh, I've been... you just want to be a sad, boring human being that has nothing in your system. No, because I've been lettuce. <clears throat> no, because I've been putting like cutting all those other things out of my life means that I've replaced them with just coffee. So I was having like fucking six cups a day, at, you know, at at fucking uh, ten o'clock at night, being like, oh, I might brew a pot. And just to get it some sort of buzz going. Um, right. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I don't need to cut back on coffee because it's making me anxious. Just letting you know, it's going to be a vicious cycle. Once you drop that, you're going to go back to something else. Yeah, exactly. Well, you're just going to start collecting stamps or something and I'll have to replace you on the podcast and you can start <laughs> stamp butts. <laughs> yeah. I, I, um, I need to get addicted to something wholesome like bird watching. Totally. So we're a we're a movie podcast where we pick a topic movie related. Those topics can be, you know, directors, uh, writers, franchises, fucking studios. Um, like this week, actors. Uh, what 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 happens is we pick all the the units inside that category, and then I use math to determine the best and the worst. How uh, I do that is I get the Rotten Tomatoes score, the IMDb score, the Metacritic score, the box office, the budget, average it all out, 
and then there's generally a clear best and worst. Um, what was our topic and what movies did we watch this week, Dane? Uh, so I chose uh, Richard Gere circa 2010s era of his career. Uh, and so we watched Abrogate. What the fuck is that movie? Abrogate? You one day, and I'll repeat this, you one day will be able to name the movie or the director <laughs> that we watch. It's, and you are still proving to me called, that you can't. It's called... Hang on, I can get this. It's called... Three, two, one. Arbitrage. Arbitrage. Okay. Uh, yeah, so we watched Arbitrage as the good one, and Three Christs is the bad one. Cool. So uh, it was... Let's just say, what the fuck happened to Richard Gere? This guy was like the hugest thing since Hugh Grant. He was like the Hugh Granty sort of guy in the 90s and 80s. Um, in his 2010 output, it was about three misses for a hit sort of thing. Arbitrage was his biggest commercial success in terms of box office and budget. His performance was actually well received by critics. I'm pretty sure he either got nominated or won a uh, a Golden Globe for this. Um, yeah, and the, the critics, for the most part, had a lot of nice things to say about it. Audience scores weren't so good. I think this has a 6.6 .6 on IMDb, but everything else made this the close to the front runner for best uh for worst yeah uh the three christs um there were some that had lower imdb scores but the low metacritic score of i think 38 39 and the fact that that movie made thirty seven thousand dollars thirty seven thousand dollars yeah uh which is an unthinkable small i'm assuming small amount of money yeah i'm assuming that's uh, it, it had probably like a, a a week or two small release just just so it could uh, justify being you know uh, qualifying for an Oscar nom. See, I, I I don't think that that re okay. So how many other movies outside of say Netflix films in the last couple of years um, have you seen with such low uh, box office? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's the only thing I could come up with. I honestly just think that they... I didn't uh, look into it. I just saw the, the number. Fuck. I, I just think the distributors didn't give a fuck about it, didn't like it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, literally just threw it to the walls. That's, that's the only thing I can really think of. Um, or, uh, in the case of sometimes, uh, filmmakers get, uh, entangled with dodgy... Uh, distribution companies that promise the world and then give them nothing. So maybe the director fell for a snake oil salesman and mm. they were unable to properly market the film. Uh, maybe. I mean, I didn't, I didn't look into it because I, to be honest, I didn't give a shit. The only <laughs> bit of, there's really not much about this film out there, like at all. Yeah, um, I just read the Wikipedia entry, which is like nothing. Yeah, there's absolutely, there's like a line when it comes to almost every section on Wikipedia. Um, the only, I dug a little deeper to try and find how much the budget was. And the 
I found on a little article, which I can reference later if I have to, um, but I can't remember the exact name of the article, but uh, the budget was estimated at over $10 million. So this movie lost a lot of fucking money. Yeah. So um, again, I don't know if that's an accurate estimation, but looking at the cast involved, um, I'm not surprised. Yeah, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty big cast. I mean, yeah, well, at recognizable least a, cast. At least a topical cast. Like you look at it, Richard Gere, right? You know, not the not the biggest name at the moment, but he is still a marquee <laughs> name, in my opinion. You know, someone that most households would know. Mm-hmm. Maybe not younger generations, but a lot of people fucking know who Richard Gere is, right? Mm-hmm. You've got Peter Dinklage, who at the time of making the movie was uh, in the most successful and biggest TV show on the fucking planet and getting mm-hmm. a lot of good uh, feedback for his performance. Um, Walton Goggins, the guy in it, I'm pretty sure the movie he came off just before this was the fucking Tarantino movie he was in. And Brad uh, Bradley Whitford was... Uh, in fucking Handmaiden's Tale, I'm pretty sure at the same time, and had just come off fucking Get Out. So, I'm just, I don't know, I'm I, I'm kind of perplexed. I think we're just in the post-Star um, world now. Like, I don't think stars make movies anymore. And I think shit like this is probably a, an indicator of that. What do you think? Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, both these movies feel heaps old, you know? It's like Arbitrage felt like a '90s movie, um, and and this one was felt like the same, like like it like it should have come out in like 2004 or something around the same time as I Am Sam, you yeah. know what I mean? With you know you got three actors all trying to get nominated for an Oscar for playing a schizophrenic mental patient, you got just. It you, I wasn't thinking about it until you messaged me and you were like, this is the most Oscar bait shit I've ever seen. I was like, oh, it fucking is. But it's like parody Oscar bait. Before, it's we, even- get too, before we get too deep into our discussions of both Arbitrage and Three Christ, because I can guarantee you most people haven't seen these films, particularly Three Christ. I think we at least owe them a breakdown of what the films are about. Oh, yeah, right. So... Arbitrage is a little complicated, but it's basically Richard Gere plays uh, a billionaire investor. It's implied that he's like a rags to riches story and he's super respected in the Wall Street community. Uh, His family thinks he's the shit and he's like, they call him, his nickname is like the prophet of Wall Street or some shit. Um, But uh, turns out he's not so nice. After all, because he is doing some sort of fraud and he's also cheating on his wife with this artist and he's trying to like get get this big deal signed. Like he's they just keep saying, like, I need them to sign the papers. I need to keep this fraudulent money in there so I can get them to sign the papers and do the deal. And he's stressing about that. And then he he goes, sees this artist girlfriend sneaks out of the house and leaves his wife Susan Sarandon there and he sees his artist girlfriend and then they have a fight and then he is then driving the car with her in the car right and you're thinking oh boy I hope 
wouldn't it be weird if his family found out about his life? And then the car crashes. The car flips. He survives. This woman dies. And, uh, and then he, uh, runs away from the scene of the crime and tries to get, get away from it. So when, and then the police are like, Hey, what happened to this girl? You know, and then it's like, oh, is are they gonna find out? Is his wife gonna find out? Is he gonna be committed of a crime? What's gonna happen with the the big deal? Anyway, whatever. So, uh, three Christ is about. Uh, it's based on a kind of true story, um, about a psychologist in like nineteen forty fifty nine fifty nine. And uh, they're, they're still, like, people who have schizophrenia, they're still just locking them in padded rooms and, you know, electrocuting them and shit because they didn't know what the fuck to do. Um, and Richard Gere <laughs> meets these, like, three different patients who all think that they're Jesus. And he's like, what if I get them all together? What the fuck is going to happen then? And so he tries to get some, like, permission to do that. He gets it, but then it's, you know, controversial within the ward. And that's pretty much it. Then you just watch the three Christs interact and 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 then all this um non drama happen. I, I I okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna open this discussion with a question for you, Dane. Mm. But also prelude it with a small statement. I didn't like either of these films. Right. Uh which one do you want us to tear apart first? Oh fuck. I mean uh, we can go we can go we can go back and forth, I think. Uh, but I would really like to know what your experience was like with Three Christs, because I... mine was weird. <laughs> so it reminded me of a movie that is one of the worst movies I've ever fucking seen in my life called Patch Adams. Have you ever seen Patch Adams? Uh, I did when I was a kid because I thought it was going to be funny. So my mum took me to see it at the cinema because it's Robin Williams wearing a clown nose. Oh, it's going to be <laughs> oh, a funny man. movie. And whoa. <laughs> yeah. No. So it, I found the movie incredibly insulting. I found the movie like cringy. I found like I, everything about this fucking sucks. Super cringe. Like, like I'm just... I, I can see why they gave this movie money, right? So if I'm an investor and mm. someone says, okay, we have a book here about a psychologist who puts three room, uh, three fucking people in a room who believe that they're Jesus Christ and we're going to use psychology and talking and, you know, that side of the, you know, psychology realm to help them recover. I would go, fuck yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah, you pitch it, pitch it to me. I'm like, oh, cool. And then it's like, yeah, it's based on a true story. This guy actually did this. I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. I was kind of keen to watch this movie. But <laughs> then, so, okay, this is the thing that insulted me the most about the film is then it's just not about that at all. So they have these scenes where... He, you know, Richard Gere walks in and they're all acting spastic in the room, you know, and insulting, like insultingly so. Like they're not, uh, like not, 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 the, the three of them do not feel genuine to me at all. 
Peter Dinklage in particular seems like he's overacting and I and, and it's grating for me. Yeah. Um actually I think probably the only one that I found at all believable was Walton Goggins character. He was the only one that I thought I think it's, uh, seemed I th- to try and not go too far with the with the ticks and the blip blip blips, you know what I mean? I think it's Walter Goggins. Well, his name's spelled Walton, so Oh, is know. it? Okay. Yeah, Walton so Goggins. I don't know if it's Walton or Walter. Um but okay, so they have these sit- these sit downs and then they start and then they cut to another scene. And then you don't see them. Yeah. You rarely see these scenes. Yeah, you want to see them interacting with each other. And that's what the movie is meant to be. Not a you, lot of that. And that's not what it is. And it, and it becomes about Richard Gere's God complex. And it's like, and it becomes the fucking white savior movie about the the one guy against the system. And I find, and I found it incredibly patronizing, mm-hmm. um, insulting and dumb. And all I'm getting is Oscar bait, Oscar bait, Oscar bait. Okay, this is the scene where uh, Peter Dinklage has his monologue and then gets, and that gets played at the Oscars ceremony. Yep. They have the fucking boring ass <laughs> fucking piano music throughout it that's fucking bullshit and, you know, yep. irritating. Nothing in this film felt genuine. Yeah, I felt like even with Richard Gere, like, anytime he's acting, like anytime he's acting in it, I'm thinking all that's going through his head is him imagining himself sitting at that table, looking up at the screen with his name on it. And they go, Richard Gere. And then he stands up and- And then they're all clapping. They're all clapping. Richard Gere, the three Christs. Oh God. No, it's just, it's, the the film had no (laughs) real heart. It had a fake heart. Like the, there were moments that were trying to be sentimental, which were just so fucking phony. Yeah, they're not. I mean, like they're they're trying, I guess, but it's so orchestrated to be that. But um, the borderline psychotic. No, but it, how, then it's in how much in how much like there's there's actually there's no heart. There's nothing genuine about about it because it feels really lazy. Like the director didn't want to make this movie. He didn't give a fuck about about making it. I also suspect that he was uncomfortable with the subject matter because it's like mental illness is barely touched upon. Like it he doesn't really delve into it much at all. And even the scenes with them acting like schizophrenic, if it doesn't feel uh, uh, jarring or violent in the way that it should because of the things that they're doing. It feels more like um, that movie, the, the Dream Team, with Michael Keaton and what's his name? Do you know the one I'm talking about? Never heard of it. Oh, okay. Well, it's that's a movie about these guys in a in a psych ward, and they're all you know crazy. Michael then- Keaton's in a movie in a psych ward. Yeah, and then they and then they get out, and it's just these crazies interacting with each other, and it's like a it's like a broad comedy. Is it good? It was funny when I was a kid. It's probably super offensive now. But right. the performances by these three actors reminded me of the Dream Team. Right. 
which is okay, cartoonish. Which is not what you want in a film like this. No. No. For for me, the, the, the big, like the thing that I found insulting is these type of movies have been done to death. And I'm not necessarily talking about, um, you know, mental health movies. I'm more talking about, you know, like the character study of the one man that the system is against. And like in, in terms of like modern day values, mm-hmm. everyone's behind him because the world's changed and they're like, well, of course he's right. And, you know, all the people in the 50s, oh, no, you can't talk to the patients. Ugh. And like, yeah, it's like that um, style of biopic has been done to fucking death. Yeah, it's like that Benedict Cumberbatch movie about him making a computer Totally, you know, and, 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 and that's, and like, I liked that movie. It was well made, but it, that movie with Benedict Cumberbatch made it look like it was one guy or like three people in a warehouse making the, you know, the Turing machine, right? Where in fact, it was like hundreds of people doing it. What the, but, but what they do is they, they try to focus it into, a, into an idol or like a human being to make it more powerful. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, I know for a fact that this cunt was not the only psychologist in the world that prioritized therapy over medication and shock therapy. No, but not the even movie close. makes it look like he is. Yeah, not even close. In fact, the um the true story that they're talking about is like not even based on like it's not like um some psychologist wrote um you know, a, a, like a, a bunch of notes in it, or a journal on yeah. his experiences. It was a guy who was like an almost fucking casual psychologist. And then he asked for permission to do this because he read a story in some magazine of something similar happening. I think it was like two women who both thought they were some other person. And so he got the idea as like not is an interesting way to, to, to come up with some sort of psychological breakthrough. It was just, he thought it would make it a, a good story. He thought it would make a good book. And so he, he then wrote all the experiences and turned it into a novel. Like he, it, it's, it's a, what's it called? It's like a, um, there's a term for it. It's kind of like, um, that Capote book, but it's like he, um, so it's not fiction, but it's like a factual like Gonzo novel. sort of style. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like that. So it's like, but the movie tries to present it as like, yeah, he's the guy who really, uh, steered, <laughs> uh, steered the, 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 the fucking, uh, the, 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 the oh, he's the reason we have modern psychology. The, Didn't you know that? <laughs> yeah. Which is, which is nowhere near true. At and all. it's insulting to think that the audience would believe that like, and that's what pisses me off is that like it treats the audience like Muppets, mm. right? And tells a story that's so disgustingly fabricated and overly sentimental and like just thinks that because it's got like a good cast that somehow this movie's going to become, you know, the the next fucking, I don't know, Moonlight or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and and it's just and it's just it just seems so sloppy and mm. i was just there were just scenes of just like 
the of Richard Gere and the assistant just sitting on a bench talking mm. about the universe or whatever the fuck. And I zoned out. Like I'm literally looking at the screen and I'm hearing and seeing nothing. And like I can't tell you how boring a film has to be for me to disengage, like I disassociated yeah. watching this film. It was hard to to pay attention because it has that effect on you. Because um, it's not even, it wasn't even frustratingly boring. Like the first, it's 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 like a an hour fifty long, I think. And um, for the first hour twenty, I didn't even give a shit i mean like i i wasn't even getting annoyed at it i was just kind of letting the film play and i was looking at the screen and just being like oh okay <laughs> it's just inoffensive like things happen but they're treated with just like no consequence it reminded me of a disney film in how it just has the fucking edges all completely removed from it and right. any time, and then even when like there's meant to be a moment of drama or tension, it's so it's fucking childlike and innocent. How that's what made me think like the director didn't really want to go there with that stuff. Right. It's like oh, I don't, I don't really want to get too dramatic about yeah, no, about that, these but, things. But like then you're just you're just shooting yourself in the foot by not committing to your subject matter. When okay, so we've talked quite extensively about three Christs at the moment. Um, I I've expressed to you that I didn't like arbitrage. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of it? Uh, I liked the plot, actually. Um, quite a bit. Um, which one? There of, were two. Of uh, arbitrage. Yeah, I know, but which plot? The the murder. <laughs> the the. The homicide covering up story or the Wall Street story? No, well they're 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 interlinked. Um I liked and I, I liked that because you kept going from one to the other. And so it was it was about like this guy, you know, he's he's trying to close this big deal at the same time he's trying to get away with murder. Uh, I liked that angle. I liked the I liked the plot. I, I liked the structure of the plot. I liked Richard Gere's performance. I have never liked him, and was actually second guessing my opinion of him while watching it. And then I saw Three Christ, and I'm like, oh, there's the boring ass cunt that I know. Um, <laughs> I thought he was good. Um, and he was the best part of the film for yeah, me. So I I liked the plot. Um, I liked the performances and you can tell that, um, the performances are, are good because the dialogue is horse shit and they somehow managed to make it sound convincing. Susan Sarandon for the little bits that she's in it, especially delivers some shocking lines in a believable way. Um, she was underutilized in this film yeah, definitely. for the most part. Um, um awful- I was actually getting mad when for the first half of the movie actually like no literally until her final scene she's Mm. incredibly underused and i was getting mad that i'm like why do you cast such good characters like good actors in the role of the wife 
It's another thing know? that you know, made made it feel like a, a 90s movie or like this. It feels like it, it just it was a movie straight out of the year 2000. Because um, you have, you know, Susan Sarandon playing the wife of Richard Gere and she's in three scenes, but his second build. Like that's such a fucking uh, typical Hollywood movie thing. Totally. Like, yeah, especially like the, I don't want to say the treatment of women in the industry, but it's something that happened far more prevalent then. Yeah. Yeah. It was all, all the fucking time. That was so normal. Um, so it's weird that this is 2012. Um, I think, I think her character is redeemed at the end. Um, and I think I, I flipped a bit on my perspective of her then, mm -hmm. um, because it's, kind of revealed that she was kind of ahead of him almost the whole time yeah i called that by the way oh really yeah bragging here that is like where the the detective comes and he's like hey can i talk to you and she's like oh you have to make an appointment she hops in the car and i was like she knows she knows everything um right and then it turned out i was right uh because and that's why they call me the movie psychic yeah, but you can't remember the name of the fucking movie. The movie time. guru. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I have a bad memory, but I got a good future memory. Right. Um, exactly. So yeah, I didn't. I didn't like the the mix of the thriller and the Wall Street thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't really think it needed the thriller stuff. See, I think it. I think um, it doesn't work for you because the direction is so poor it's yeah. almost like an absent director you know what i kept thinking is that this would be such a fucking cool movie if it was if if, if the script was given to like david fincher right because it has all those elements of because he's he's it has all those um elements of um greed and social standing and two-faced and behavior and a you know, being a perv and godlike complex. Um, but it's never really fucking um, gone into any detail here uh, because the director is maybe not that clever or interesting. Um, instead, it feels like a run-of-the-mill thriller where I, I think it's actually supposed to be uh, a character study and almost like oh it a is very much study. a character study and it's meant to be an indictment of you know the wall street people yeah but i just found the the connection with the thriller a bit on the nose in terms of themes and how it's trying to mm. you know condemn yeah. that type of person i think to make that work it needed more of a sense of humor uh like to be almost a little tongue-in-cheek because it is like, uh, you know, uh, hotshot Wall Street guys are, right. uh, are murderers, you know. Right. So it's a bit on the nose. So therefore yep. it needs to have a, like a, a, a dark sense of humor that yep. I think Finch is really good at. I think I'm going to give this guy a bit of a break because I just looked at it now. This is his first feature film. Yeah, but he's been in the industry for a long time. Like I'm cutting him some slack because I... Um, it's, it's actually interesting because it's the opposite of Three Christ in that I think this was a bit of a passion project for him. Right. Because he wrote the script. This is an original screenplay by him. And then it's his first, um, 
feature, uh, it's his directorial debut. So, um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I got to respect the guy. He's, you know, obviously cares about the product and I felt sorry for him and that it came out a bit of a dud because I, I, I think it deserves more than that. There, there were definitely moments of greatness in the film, but I found it almost frustrating in a similar way to Three Christ, hear me out, is that he decided to cut away when something interesting was going to happen. Mm. And I found that like an like a infuriating uh, filmmaking technique that I think is lazy. And I think it's meant to leave it up to the imagination, but I just find it lazy. I'm like, no, you're just cutting around the drama um, yeah, because you don't know how to do it. And like one of the bits was like um, the girlfriend goes, you're never going to leave her, are you? And then it cuts to her crying on the ground. And I'm like, no, I want to hear that conversation. Like yeah. that's a conversation I want to hear. It's, it's it's kind of like um, action films that uh, MCU is the best example of yep. um, cutting around impact in their punches. Yeah. So they'll show like a punch about to hit someone in the face, and then they cut away so that they don't show the impact, rather than showing the impact and then the follow through. That's all the that's all the best shit there, but. It's something that is difficult to tackle if you don't, you know, because it would be harder to direct. Well, it and it's like, it's more uncomfortable to write if you're a bit uh, shy, I guess. So I don't know if it was written that way or were they cutting around? Maybe it was something built in editing because I, I also noticed it happened after the car crash and he's running away. He calls the the kid right. Mm-hmm. And he goes, um, listen to me closely and follow every instruction I tell you. Then mm-hmm. it cuts. Yep. I think it was written that way. Uh, the reason I th- I think that is because this guy's a writer. And, in, and there's plenty of examples of um, shitty dialogue that maybe he thought worked in the script. But then it's delivered. It sounds weird when they say it. And... He was like, well, no, it's in the script, so we'll 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 follow the script, thank you very much. And right. there's, there's parts that should just be like changed on the day or uh cut out, but he doesn't because I I get the feeling that he just wanted to he wrote the script and so he then made the script and yeah. made no changes where changes were needed and therefore yeah, I guess in, it's the in ego therefore, thing when you're a writer yeah and therefore in the writing process is someone who is a uh, uncomfortable writing those scenes where she's like you're never gonna leave her are you and then in his head he's like hmm where do we go from here uh i don't know this is getting a bit icky why don't we just cut to her crying <laughs> yeah easy i can just skip over that I love yeah, being no. a writer. Yeah, I don't know. Just uh, like stuff like that feels lazy to me and it just seems to cut around the fun. It's yeah, like- I think he's a squeamish guy because it's also it also features um possibly the the lamest sex scene I've ever seen. Like not even exaggerating. It's I'll just- call you and I'll raise you the sex scene in Three Christs. 
There's a sex scene in Three Christs? Yeah. Oh, okay. You don't, you don't even remember that? At the beginning, the pointless sex scene after they go dancing? No. Okay, well, maybe Three Christs. Okay, so this is the second lamest sex scene. And that Richard Gere comes in. It's meant to be sexy because of the lighting and stuff. It's, like, passionate because they're breathing. And he's like, sorry, I'm late. I, I'm cheating on my wife. And then they just start kissing. Oh, no, you, you forgot that they're rubbing cake all over each other first. Oh, yeah, that's right. They rub cake <laughs> all over each other's faces. And then they start kissing with cake on their face. And then Richard Gere just takes his pants off. And there's this super unflattering wide angle of just Richard Gere kissing a woman 40 years younger than him with his pants off, but his shirt on. And... <laughs> And then they just kiss on the bed and she takes her top off and she's in a bra and then they kiss a bit more. If you hire Richard and then Gere... That's, that's, that's the that's scene. That's the passionate lovemaking scene. If you hire Richard Gere, there needs to be a passionate lovemaking scene. He's a heartthrob from the 90s, Dan. He looks You've got to understand so, that. He, there is not a man alive who looks good with a shirt on and pants off. It's, that's what they do to him. He looks so fucking stupid. Yeah, no. Um, another thing I wasn't a fan of, and you said you were, uh, I thought Tim Roth in this mm. fucking sucked. Yeah, it's he's he's suitable. He's suitable, though. I mean, he's not great. And there's way better Tim Roth shit because he's very talented. But, he's very talented. But because he's very talented, he brings good actor energy to it. Yeah. So he's not, um, it's not bad to watch because it's still Tim Roth and he still has a, a good presence on screen. Yeah. Well, like I honestly preferred seeing him in the Incredible Hulk movie than in this. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Which is saying something. I don't know. It just his accent sounded so forced. Is the like, accent is the accent is off. The whole uh character is off. I think he got poor direction because he's playing this sort of like grizzled detective. Yeah. Um and it doesn't fit with the rest of it. It's kind of it, it it's kind of strange. It's like he's straight out of like a, a, a like a Sin City knockoff. Yeah. Uh, see, I, I was trying to figure out what they were trying to say with his character. Like, so Richard Gere is a very corrupt businessman, right? And then we have a very corrupt police officer trying to bring him down. Well, he's and I'm not. Like, yeah. Oh, dude, that cunt's so corrupt. Well, Richard Gere? No, Tim he Roth. Uh, he's, yeah, well, he does one bit. He, he's fabricating evidence. He's, yeah. he's like trying his best to convict someone of something, even though he knows like him, tr like it's, it's all dodgy shit. The whole, with the whole hearing, just in general, the way they treat the law, the legal system is off. Yeah. He's, well, he's a, cro he's crooked. He's a crooked cop. Yeah. They're both a bit like that, but I think maybe it's, it's supposed to be something like that. They're both because they're both clean and and follow the rules. This is implied that they're both clean and follow the rules outside of the two think crimes that they commit, not including Richard Gere's um, manslaughter. Um, but 
because Richard Gere is like always a by the a by the books billionaire, um, but he uh, invests in a copper mine and um, it goes to shit, and then the 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 company's gonna go broke because of it. So he um, it, it, like borrows money illegally or something. I don't know. They use a lot of terminology I don't understand, but he has like $450 million in the, in the, in the company's account that isn't his. So they, he's committing fraud, but it's implied that this is the first time he's done something like that. But it's also implied that uh, Tim Roth's character fabricating evidence is the first time he's ever done that. How do we know that? It's implied. Where? Because he says something like, you know, in my career, I've been following by the rules and these rich guys, they still get away with these with these crimes. We're going to let them get away with these crimes. And then, you know, the judge says, hey, I know what you're doing, but you got to do it by the books. And then he's like, so what you saying to me? We're going to keep letting them get away with these crimes. You know, I just thought you're going to that... let them fuck me up the ass or whatever yeah. he said. And then, and then that's the last time we see him. Yeah, so I just uh, I just took that that meant he usually plays by the rules because he's trying to, but then he just gets so dang frustrated at these freaking billionaires who just keep getting away with crimes, and he's never going to take them down unless he unless he oversteps the bounds this and learns Photoshop <laughs> so that he can he learned it poorly because fabricate it. That was a terrible job. That's that a was... shit. That's a shit plot. I was disappointed because I didn't mind the rest of it up until then. But I'm like, oh, really? That's how he's gonna get away? I was hoping he just fucking like... why? Because he he was the and of, like what I what I find insulting is that he's the one that noticed it. Like, yeah, there would have been so many other motherfuckers that would have been inspecting that photograph, right? Yeah. Richard and he's the, the only I- one that noticed the Saab logo. Yeah, Richard Gears, the guy who comes up with the idea to put a magnifying glass to the to the photo. Uh, yeah, it, I thought that sucked. Um, you know, I didn't mind. Other than it's like poorly poorly written dialogue, um, poorly directed. Um, but I wasn't, I didn't mind it at all up until then. Cause I thought it, it was, um, it was adequate. It was adequately tense for like a, a, a thriller. So, you know, I see a lot of bad movies and this wasn't, this wasn't pissing me off. I was, no. I was reasonably entertained, but if he had any balls, he would have, he would have had, uh, Richard Gere's character coldly, uh, assassinate the the kid who had the ability to um rat him out but instead he just disney's it and he uh he finds a way so that everyone can win right i don't know like for me the i found that the the tones between the two stories the tone of the wall street story and the tone of the thriller story were jarringly not connecting for me yeah and and they were trying to connect it via music and like the score and everything. Yeah. And it just felt like, yeah, I think what it he's just tra- wasn't working for me. I th- yeah. I think what he's trying to say there is like, this dude has committed this. He's killed someone uh, in the act of adultery. 
Like this is him being a bad guy. Um, and he is only concerned with getting away with it. And he is actually more concerned with his money. I think he's trying to say something there, you know, and I think that there, there is something there to say, and it could be very interesting and I didn't mind it, but again, it's just like a lot of interesting ideas sorted in a neat order that I was like, Ooh, fuck. It would have been good if like Fincher directed this. Yeah. Um, for me, the whole film, like, is held together by yeah it is it is like competently put together I'll, I'll give it to the editor i guess except for the things where it just cuts around stuff um mm. but richard gear um isn't the person i would first think to cast in this film um he does have that uh, like a really lovely softness to him and like i can i can probably can probably agree that he's probably a really nice guy in real life yeah, he's sort um, of like a, a human mitten. Yeah, he's like he is a bit of a uh, he's a bit of a philanthropist, human rights activist Vegan. sort of guy, and um, and his character has a bit of that in this film, and that's mm. why and that's what makes it work is like there are moments where he seems genuinely lovely and caring, but then you just see this thing come out. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he has his face, he has his mask. Which is just, which is why they cast Richard Gere because he does that naturally, and I don't mean wear a mask, but I mean like the way he is. But then, what impresses me is when he lets loose a little bit and how unhinged he can become. Like, I was really taken back and actually impressed by the scene in uh, where he gets picked up by the young guy who rescues him from the situation and how he's like, "Is it about fucking money? I'll give you fucking money." Yeah. And it just seems so out of character for Richard Gere, but it gave me appreciation for him because he pulled it off completely. Yeah, I, the the best scenes uh is is when he goes off like that. Um he's got uh there's when he meets with the guy who he's it's the money he's borrowed the money from him and he's like, "Where's my money?" And he's like and Richard Gere's like no, look, look, I still need it. I'm just waiting for these guys to sign the papers. And then they get into a bit of an argument and he has a bit of bit of that there. That was quite good. Um, also, his argument with Susan Sarandon at the end, that was really entertaining because Susan Sarandon and Richard Gere having an argument, uh, I was like, this is good. This is just two talented actors doing a good job. And I enjoyed that. But what really impressed me was he's got this fucking dog shit monologue in the park where oh. he's he's talking about how ex excited he gets over this copper mine. And he's like, it, it's a license. And he starts to get really manic. And he's like, it's it was a license to print money. It's It was everything. It's God. Uh, just cringe writing but he fucking pulls it off and i you can tell that he's a he's a really talented actor that was to totally on him but yeah because i i was simultaneously thinking wow that's terrible writing but holy shit he pulled he pulled that off you can still mm. tell it's 
it's crap dialogue, but that he managed to make it sound convincing was really well, impressive. No one speaks like that. That was what was annoying me is it just sounded like he'd like rehearsed having this conversation with his daughter like a hundred times. <laughs> and that's not on his performance. His perform- performance made me not like quit. Mm-hmm. But the writing, yeah, just sounded like a script. And, I, and it, yeah, it was just jarring. Yeah. But he does a, you know, he does a good job. He does a good job. So let's, uh, before we jump back to Three Christ, um, because I don't know how much else I have to really say about this film specifically. Um, there isn't really m- much to dig out. Again, it's just like a very, it's like a perfectly passable film. I didn't like it because it's just passable, yeah. but it just means that there's not really much to really dissect. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I didn't like the daughter. I thought the acting was terrible from her. She pissed me off. Yeah, um, that's an awful character. Yeah, awful character, but also like just, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's the writing. I don't know the actress, so I don't know if it was her or not, but it just didn't work for me. She mm-hmm. sounded, she was just annoying. Um the ending, right? So you said you called that. Okay, so the the ending of the film is Susan Sarandon, the wife of Richard Gere, reveals that she's been aware of the affair and the money laundering for a while, and she's uh, uh, devised a very clever plan to pretty much blackmail him into signing over all the money from the deal to I think her charity. Yeah. Is it a charity or something? Yeah, it's something like it's going to leave him like not broke, but not the big billionaire hotshot he is. Yeah. So what was your interpretation of the ending? And what do you think the implications are of... Because there were a couple of little things, especially in that last scene at the, the ballroom that I quite liked and made me not reassess the movie, but it was a good... I thought it was quite a good ending. I think it's um, a... Yeah, I think it's a good ending. Uh, so what was your opinion on the implications of all that? And what did you think of the ending overall? Um, I mean, I, I think like, you know, what, what he's trying to say with the ending is like, um, you know, like, it, I don't know, maybe it's about like karma or something, because I mean, like he goes to all this effort to get away with the manslaughter and to, and to eventually, you know, get away with fraud. And he gets away with manslaughter and he, you know, he's like, uh, and oh no, first of all, he manages to get the guy to sign the contract. And so he sells the, he, he merges the company with this other guy. So gets away with fraud and he's all celebrating and then fixes the manslaughter thing. And then he gets away with that. So he's like, oh, yeah, I fucking, I'm the man. And then Susan Sarandon emerges from the uh, the, the shadows, basically, because she's not even fucking in it up until that point. And she's like, um, I know you did fraud. I know you've been cheating on me this whole time. And I know that you're responsible for the death of that girl. Um, I will lie for you, but we're getting a divorce. And these are the conditions. You have to sign these papers. So... I mean, I didn't really understand if there was like a fucking message or whatever, but just that he then gets forced into that position and then has to go to some gala 
in celebration of him and his daughter who hates him now uh presents presents him and then he has to go up and give a speech and everyone in the room is just applauding him and he's just like left standing there i love the little interaction between him and the daughter on the podium Mm. i thought that was quite good yeah you know, I mean, like you hug can... and she's just like, don't fucking touch me. I, I thought that was a nice touch. You can tell that uh, he, the writer, like had that ending in mind for a long yeah. time or uh, was like super stoked when he figured it out because it, it is it is actually a really good ending. Mm. I thought that there may have been implications that... Uh, you know, like, okay, I guess maybe the character learns something and you could say that it is a happy ending or whatever, but I got a foreboding sense from it that mm. maybe it's not over for this guy and maybe he w- like something will get unraveled for him anyway and it's kind of just his last hurrah, you know, the last applaud before his life completely fucks itself. That's right. kind of something I got from it. Yes. And that's kind of linked to the... And I know it might not... The, I got two things from it, but the there's a scene in, in a car where the, 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 the gentleman that just bought the company is told that there was an audit done on the company and mm-hmm. that there's $400 million missing. Mm-hmm. And he goes, it looks normal to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that you could take away from that that, you know, it's it's it's... It's uh, Wall Street, and there's always shit wrong like this. Yeah, um, that he, he knew that there would be something fucked. Yeah, but I also kind of got the implication that maybe he was aware and that there's something else going on, and I don't know. Just the whole thing left me with this foreboding feeling, which I think, I don't know if it was the intent... But um, it, it at least left me thinking more about this film than I generally thought I was going to going in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, the other thing, the, my other little gripe is I've recently uh, done jury duty and the quick turnaround time from when the uh, young fellow gets arrested by Tim Roth's Brooklyn cop to the hearing is insanely fast. Mm. And that kind of annoyed me that... He gets arrested one day and then he's in a fucking trial by jury a day later. All right. That's not how the legal system works. And it felt like convenient writing. And that kind of pissed me off. Yeah. Again, uh, something you could have gotten away with in the 90s. Yeah, but not now. I don't know. It just feels, it just like, like, how did they, how did they get that many jurors ready for that time? How, how did he get legal rep? How did they get legal representation? How did if all it this was stuff the, happen? If it was the 90s, you'd say, who cares? It's just a movie, you know. Yeah, but, but now... uh, if if it's someone who if it's a movie that that cares about or is talking about like some form of infrastructure, which it is, it's talking about stock tradings and all shit like that. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of movie that should, especially if it's trying to take itself seriously, mm-hmm. take little things like that into consideration. Now, let's talk about a dwarf jumping out a window. How does that sound? Yeah, so let's so we're talking the three crash ending. No, just just I think we can just talk more about it in general. Um were you confused? Okay, so there's a scene in the movie where uh we've just had the first 
uh, counseling scene and then it cuts magically to another random scene of Richard Gere being Jesus um, and talking about how altruistic and amazing he is. And everyone's like, no, you can't do psychology like this. That's not how everyone else does it. Um, And then we cut to a scene eventually where Richard Gere and his assistant are watching the three of them play cards. And then all of a sudden his assistant starts tripping balls. Yeah. Did you, did you follow what the fuck was happening there? Uh, no, I have no idea what was happening there. I mean, she just, yeah, she just starts tripping out and he looks like he knows what's going on. Um, did he dose her? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. She's just observing the three Christs in the other room. And then suddenly she's like, your voice is in there, but you're here. And he's like, I'm here. And she's like, but your voice is somewhere else. And he's like, I'm, I'm here. It's okay. It's okay. And then she like starts touching his face. And then his wife walks in and she's like, what the fuck? And he's like, oh, whoa. And then the girl pukes and then cut to them sitting on the couch. And he's like, hey, you didn't have you're keeping a secret from me uh is, is are you mentally ill <laughs> oh it was just so fucked and that's uh i mean you know like we've 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 both admitted that it was hard to pay attention so maybe we, we missed something but i felt like it was not brought up again no it wasn't no it was just like that they had like character sheets and like they had to like hit these certain beats for the characters mm. to make sure that they're fleshed out because they read it in a book on screenwriting or some bullshit. And then they had to have like her, you know, her her Achilles heel, you know, her secret or something and they reveal it and then of course it just doesn't matter to the story. Yeah, so it then just, off. Okay, cool. Got that one. Okay. Uh, tick. Yep, move that's on. done. Okay, her character is irrelevant now. Tick. Because <laughs> she doesn't do anything after that point. She's just there. She's just standing around. Yeah, Her character is literally gets, for that reveal, and then nah, nothing. Um, there's then a moment she has later with um, one of the Christs, who who's like, "I think you're, I think you're damn hot, lady. You're reaping my thoughts." Yeah, and then and then she, she, and then she, she's like, "Uh, you you're not allowed to touch me." And then it shows that she is um, a good psychologist because they listen to her. I think. Uh, whatever. So that's her arc. <laughs> I so uh, I mentioned to you the other day that I am I I believe that Richard Gere and Neil Breen are quite similar. And yeah. um, the point in this movie that really sold at home for me was all of a sudden Richard Gere sitting next to his wife and he's like, "You gotta stop drinking. You don't <laughs> need to drink anymore." <laughs> And I'm like, this is like straight out of Fateful Findings. It's not funny. Yeah. Do you think Neil Breen has maybe uh, modeled himself after Richard Gere? Neil Breen definitely thinks he looks like Richard Gere. He definitely says, people say I look like Richard Gere. Because he kind of does. It's the eyes, I think. They have very similar eyes. Yeah, it's the eyes. Yeah. Uh, like I said, uh, he Neil Breen looks like um, 
if Richard Gere spent 15 years in a POW camp, I stand by that. Yeah. Because Richard Gere is handsome and Neil Breen is fucked looking. What so what what I think is funny uh, is I've seen Fateful Findings and I know you're a you're a connoisseur of uh, Neil Breen, mm. but uh, all of uh, his movies are about him basically being God, right? Yeah, in one way or another. Yep. And in this and in this movie, in both these movies, he's Richard Gere is playing God or like a God like. Yeah. Um. And, and like, it, like someone who thinks they're God, and and I find it so interesting that in Three Christs, I was getting annoyed because his character is this altruistic good guy. Like he has nothing wrong with him. He's just mm-hmm. the best person on the fucking planet, right? Mm-hmm. And they throw in a couple of little hints about his God complex but not enough to really make it about that. Yeah, that's meant it, to be the thing, is that he has a, a God complex. But there's not enough of it. There's these little hints that annoy me, right? Like the bit where he's like, the four Christs. I'm like, really? You went there? Yeah, he accidentally... Yeah, referring to the study to someone else, he accidentally calls it the four Christs. And then he goes, ah. Oh. I mean, um, three crests, the, the three crests. And then she goes, wait, what did you just say? He's like, I meant three. And she's like, is that what she meant or something? And it's like, yeah. And then the film ends with uh, a quote from the author of the book. Who's like, I may not have been able to convince them to get over their God delusion, but they convinced me to get over mine. And those two things I felt were a cop out. Like, if that's the story that they wanted to tell, mm-hmm. they failed. Yeah, it, it's it's not telling anything. It's like we said, it's just a series of moments that need to be ticked off. And all a lot of those moments are things that I've seen in other movies. Like uh, like I said, this movie just reminded me of Patch Adams for the most part, mm. and that's not a good movie to be. Um, Compared to, I, I highly recommend you rewatch Patch Adams and it'll make you cry how fucking bad that film is. Yeah, because this, this the Three Christ is kind of like, a, it's lazy to say, but it is like a a, a parody of um, an Oscar bait movie. It isn't though. It's it's actually trying to be an Oscar bait. Yeah, it was I know. Trying but to be an Oscar contender. These it, people smelt gold. But it wouldn't look out of place. In as as one of those fake trailers in Tropic Thunder. Yeah, you know, well, yeah, but that that comes down to the filmmaking ability, though. That's the thing. It doesn't whether or not you know it was trying to be something mm. or not. It was. It wasn't trying to be a parody of those films. It oh was no, I know it was. I know it wasn't trying to be, but it's like very close. To it. I could also see, because like I watch the Oscars every year and they show the most random, like some of the most boring pieces of shit got nominated for Best Picture or an acting category because it, it has a social conscience or something. Yeah, that's why I, I think they, they thought they were really in with a shot. I think I could, there were scenes in this movie 
where literally I could I could see them at the Oscars. Mm. Like and I could see that scene playing on the screen. And they were probably and it was probably shot for that as yeah. well. Like as they're shooting the scene, the director's going like, okay, this scene's important, guys, because this will be the one that they play at the Oscars. Yeah. Um, I th- I think we must also bring up the fact that this movie has no sense of humor. It's not funny at all. No. I think there but... are meant to be a few moments that are funny that are just that just land on their fucking face. Um, when Walter Goggins calls... Um... Um, what's his name? A midget. That's kind of funny. Uh, yeah, nah. It just didn't really work for me. All of them felt flat. Again, like, I think Walton Goggins is the only one that I thought did okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone else, I was just, fuck off. What I found interesting about this is that, um, it's, it's, it it doesn't start well. Okay, so the at the the very beginning of the movie is Richard Gere sitting in a room, and it's it's after all these events have transpired, and he's um, stating his case into a microphone, being like, "God damn it! I'm telling you that these schizos are not bad people, and I will make a case for myself by Lord." And then it flashes back to, you know, when he first meets the characters and then it it goes from there. Um, That's a terrible scene at the very beginning. But then for like an hour, it's 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 relatively competent. It starts out quite competent that I was surprised, um, just boring. Uh, And then it just goes like slowly downhill, like every scene is worse than the last until right at the end because it's 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 always close to being so bad that it's funny but then right at the end it just dips down past that line and then i was <laughs> i was laughing for like the last 10 minutes at just uh, how the, shit it became there was one scene where which i i, I like you to do a play-by-play of it for the people listening where i screamed with laughter the, my girlfriend had to come in from the kitchen to see what the hell I was watching because it was just so fucked. Uh, do you mind giving a play-by-play on this, the, the, the only scene in this movie that w- is worth existing? Is it the, the scene in the, the clock tower with... Yeah, of course. What else would it be? Yeah, so the... Um, what's the actor's name? Not Targaryen. The act- Peter Dinklage. Yeah. So Peter Dinklage has grown quite attached to um, Richard Gere. And um, he knows that the big bad head of the institution has kicked Richard Gere out. And this guy wants to take over so that he can get the credit that Richard Gere has coming to him for the success of this study. And um, he's like, may I take you to the, the, the tower? And then the, the, the head of the institution's like, oh, uh, yeah, okay. And um, um, Peter Dinklage has been calling him Satan for a little bit now. He thinks that this guy's the devil. And then so he takes him to the top of the tower. And then the guy's like, it's okay, I don't need security. And then Peter Dinklage is, is like, 
you're a bad man, sir. And how, if if you don't have arms, how are you supposed to soar? And then he's like, what? And then he goes, and to think I have to die for your sins. And then, oh no, I have to die. I was sent to save you. And then he jumps out of the window. And <laughs> it's... And it's actually Peter Dinklage falling. You can no, tell it's because, not. No, it's rel. There's it's a, a rel- fucking doll. No, there's a relatively close shot, and there's just like stone face Peter Dinklage, <laughs> like looking <laughs> bored, falling. That really far away shot though was just a doll. Oh yeah, really far away one. But there's like a, a you know like a, a medium wide, and you can see his face very clearly, it just just falling in frame and he just has the most bored expression on his face. Um, and then he, he falls, hits the ground and there's, there's blood everywhere. And at this point in the film, we keep cutting back to Richard Gere, who's trying to get reinstated. And he's, and he's like, wait, I figured out a, 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 a loophole or a, a rule and now I can be reinstated, right? And then the other guy's like, yeah, you can. He's like, come on, we gotta go. And then he runs back, he's running back to the institution. And then just as he arrives, he sees Peter Dinklage fall and he's like, no. And then he runs over and then holds him and tries to give him mouth to mouth. And then looks up to the clock tower and he's got blood all over his mouth because he was <laughs> trying to resuscitate him and he's got blood on his face. And then the head of the institution is up in the clock tower, looks down and just shrugs. And then Richard Gere picks up Peter Dinklage's corpse and then like cradles him like a baby and then carries him up the stairs while the cheesiest music plays. My my favorite bit about it was when uh, Peter Dinklage goes, if you don't have arms, how are you meant to soar? And then with his little legs starts like running towards the window. <laughs> and there's like a there's like a like a good few seconds of him running towards the window. And there's a security guard who's like one step away who yeah. could just stop him. Like, both of them could just stop him. And, like, it's not like the window's, like, at waist height for him. No, it's up to he his He has to chin. jump up onto the window. Yeah. And they're just staring at him. Going, whoa. Doing nothing. <laughs> and then on top of that, the shot of him falling goes forever, right? Yeah. And we've got really inspirational music playing at the same time. Like, it's not really sad music. It's like... And he's just falling. And I'm like, what am I meant to be feeling right now? <laughs> like sh- shock. You're meant to be going, oh my god. No, but why is why are they playing the inspirational music? It felt like, like the it felt like the soundtrack, like this it felt like the score was just um generic Oscar movie music. Like that was the, the actual name of the file. It sounded like stock piano music to me. Mm. Stock music, you know, like it just sounded like nothing, you know, the whole film just felt like nothing. The only bit of life in this film is that scene. And it's because it's so hilariously incompetent 
that, um, yeah, it almost made the movie for me. Just that one bit. Yeah. And Do then you have anything gets... else you'd like to say about the three Christs? Yeah, well, and then it gets... Then, you know, the rest of it is so cheesy and shit that I was, I was laughing in the in the room where they're having the meeting and, and Richard Gere's meant to be having this powerful speech that, again, they would have been like, this is going to be the one that they play at the Oscars. Oh, you mean the bit where he saves the world from and like therapy? He's like, he yeah. says that one thing that just saves therapy all he's over like, the world. Yeah, he's like, don't you see? It's barbaric to electrocute these people. And they are people. And it's like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> it's not even good. It's not like the bad dialogue in Arbitrage, where but he delivers it well. And you're like, damn, nice job. It's delivered poorly. It's fucking trash. It's embarrassing. Mm. Uh, no, I don't have anything. No one's... Don't watch it. No one will watch it. No it's, one did. No one did. No one ever will people. again. We're the last people to ever see this movie. Yeah, it's gone. You know? Um, so, do we want to read some uh, reviews on these two films? Oh, yeah, right. Okay. So, we got a 10 out of 10 review for... Oh, fucking hell, this is a long one. Oh, dude, 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 dude. That was the fifth... That was the fifth one because the other ones were so fucking verbose. That's the shortest one I could find. Jesus Christ. Okay. So oh, to- oh, 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 oh. Actually, mm. if I remember correctly, this one, uh, you can skip the middle paragraph. Yeah, it's just a summary. The, the middle paragraph, no offense to Grady Harp, but the middle paragraph is like, just a synopsis, bro. No one gives a fuck. Mm-hmm. We'll read his uh, other two paragraphs. Okay. So, uh, 10 out of 10 review by Grady Harp. Corporate greed, deceit, fraud. Public enemies observed. What? Um, <laughs> I'm stupid. I know that that probably makes sense. Um, Wait, say Money again. is the root of all evil. Nicholas Jarecki wrote and directed this unrelentingly dark film about the etiology of our current financial lethal disease state and in doing so helps to bring light to some of the aspects we need to examine instead of simply shudder and ignore to have the courage to write such a controversial story the nidus of which is exceedingly similar to the bernie madoff travesty sets the tone for this film a film that dares to explore the manner in which a wealthy businessman descends into his own hell and yet manages to survive. It is a disturbing theme. It is a brilliantly acted and directed film. Richard Gigg is probably the finest performance of his career. He has too frequently been overlooked for his memorable roles in movies. Yeah, Richard Gere, like one of the most famous actors of all time, overlooked. Likewise, Susan Sarandon... Britt Marling, Nate Parker, and Tim Roth create characters we will never forget. The supporting supporting cast is populated with the likes of Graydon Carter, yes, of Vanity Fair fame, Stuart Margolin, Felix Solis, Reggie, Kathy, Curtis Cook, don't know who any of these people are, Bruce Altman, and many more. 
the music that highlights moments in the film is from such disparate singers as Billie Holiday and Bjork, whose I See Who You Are serves as an apropos closure during the holiday and... Oh, wait, films credits. It may be tough. <laughs> it may be tough to witness the way the corporate world works, but few films have done a better job at pulling back the curtains to let us view those things we'd rather not acknowledge. Um, who the fuck is this person? They're very verbose. Is this the director's mum? I don't know, but I, I don't know. I just feel stupid. Like, when, you know, this guy's clearly smarter than me and I have a problem with it, so fuck you. And, uh, yeah. I don't know. How can you say, like, this is nowhere near the best example of of a film like this? Oh, no, I know, I know. But I mean, you're talking about clearly, Wall Street. clearly Greek. knows what he's talking about. Watch. He uses big words. Dude, fucking the other guys does a better job of talking about, like, corrupt billionaires like rigging the legal system are you talking about the other guys as in like um will ferrell and mark Wahlberg? wow what a weird reference well it's true all i remember from that movie is uh actually no i like that film i just don't remember anything about uh corruption being in it to be honest yeah because he's like chasing the uh Mark Wahlberg's always, like, trying to get the drug dealers, and Will Ferrell's like, wait a minute, these Wall Street guys are the real criminals, you know? Right. It's kind of like the... I don't fucking know. Okay, so this is a 1 out of 10 review by Raven Steels. Do not invest your time in arbitrage. Oh, that was a pun. <laughs> uh, how? What does arbitrage mean? Do not invest because the movie's about Wall Street. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, this guy's in... We got another smarty pants. Okay, so, arbitrage? What exactly were they trying to achieve with this movie? I am not understanding. <laughs> what? <laughs> it was predictable. It was boring. It was about nothing. It led nowhere. The characters were... What? Interesting? Nope. Not interesting. <laughs> what? <laughs> the, the plot was non-existent, and I kept watching till the end, expecting this amazing twist to impress me and surprise me, and then the movie just ended. No real ending, no real solution, no twist. Nothing new or interesting. Perhaps it was simply made to show off Richard Gere's silver hair. <laughs> All entire movie so he could wriggle his bum and show off his snazzy hair too. Wait, are you making that up or is that in the review? I'm reading this word for word. What? Uh, a whole... Wait, wiggle his bum and show off his snazzy hairdo? Is that whole, what he said? A whole entire movie so he could wiggle, wriggle his bum and show off his snazzy hairdo. Very strange, very pointless, a total waste of everyone's time. The people who made and the people who watched it, a silly pile of poo. Don't bother, unless you love boring empty boxes, because that is what this movie is like. A boring cardboard box with absolutely nothing in it. That's probably the this funniest review we've ever heard. This is my favorite review. 
I'm glad we agree there. That's wanna, the best review ever. Yeah, one out of ten. I want to go and read uh, this person's other reviews. He has to. This guy's. He's a troll, right? I uh, I hope so because what what? But who are you trolling? I mean, like who? No, but that's the beauty the of a good like a good film? troll. A good troll like finds a really niche audience. Yeah. And breaks them. Yeah. The best troll exists like a a, a fallen tree in an empty forest. Totally. So I, <laughs> I I I this guy is probably a master troll. Yeah. Because he's actually like everything he's saying is like well said, but it's just so bizarre, you know? Yeah. An absolute killer review. <laughs> Cool. Uh, how about three three Christs? Okay, so this is the best review, I guess. Uh, nine out of ten by Lauren. Oh Mid- yeah. So there are like seven reviews for this fucking film on IMDb. Uh, Laurent Melo. Lauren Melo. Um, Dinklage in a cuckoo's nest. Uh, three Christs was a last minute choice of mine at the TIFF. As a big Dinklage fan. <laughs> And considering that it was a world premiere, it was easy enough to go check it out. I'm glad I did. This movie is one about the brain and its struggles, but it does so with a big heart. It's funny and touching with a good balance. What does she mean? The movie struggles? Oh, and it's struggles. Oh, the brain struggles. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the acting is top notch. I'm actually a big Dinklage fan after the movie. Oh, a bigger Dinklage fan after the movie. Um, the, the underlying themes about psychiatry as science and its potential negative effect on personality, the nature of identity, the complex interaction of desire and fear are inhabiting the film and are as relevant today as they were at the time. In summary, a great entertaining movie with a deeper layer and a stellar Dinklage. It does not. Uh, yeah, it doesn't even scratch the surface on yeah. actually dealing with those things. Yeah, not only does it not delve deep into those themes, some of these themes don't even fucking exist in the movie, and Dinklage no. is terrible. Yeah, everything is wrong with what they just said. Uh, I don't. I like Peter Dinklage. I usually expect a good performance from him. I think he's a he's fine really actor. good. Yeah, but he's fucking crap in this. He's the worst part of it. He's pretty bad. Is I've it's so his overacting is fucked. Well, again, we could probably maybe give that to the director. Like, who knows? You know no, what I mean. Everyone else is good. No, what do you mean? Everyone else is good. Well, everyone else is fine. No one else. No, is, no, no, one else no, is no, no, bad. no, no, no. No, almost everyone in this movie sucks. Uh, he just is the most he's like the he's the suckiest but he's the one trying the hardest yeah that's it yeah everyone's bad and boring but he's trying hard walter goggins and the other guy are good i think not the i i, I liked walton goggins in this he's the only one that i actually give credit yeah. um the other guy uh bradford or whatever the dude from get out and the west wing and whatever yeah. uh he was offensively spastic to me oh uh, yeah yeah, I just thought it was a, I don't know, just yeah. very distasteful. Old school Hollywood retardation. Yeah, like I am Sam okay. shit, you know what I mean? <laughs> God. 
I can't believe they made I Am Sam. I gotta watch that again. That's crazy that they made. Maybe that we shit. will one day sooner rather than later. Yeah. Who knows? The best of Sean Penn. Um, okay, uh, this is a three out of ten review by Kalivzi. Uh, skip it from t- from twenty twenty. Okay. Um, the actors certainly give it their best, but the strong performances are not enough to make up for an unremarkable script. It has its moments, but at just under two hours, the film drags. Three Christs has an interesting premise, but unfortunately, the execution is a failure. The only fucking review out of these four that I'm like, yes. <laughs> that's that's how I feel. This one? Yeah. The actors certainly give it their best, but the strong... Yeah, well, okay, so I will agree that they give their best, mm. but they don't, that doesn't make the performances good. No, no, yeah. Because clearly the director's terrible. The performances they're trying. Did you know yeah. the guy who directed this is the same guy who directed that bad movie with um, Pacino and De Niro? Yeah, Righteous Kill. Yeah, I'm not surprised at all. Yeah, by he's, that. he's got a he's got a weird career. Check out his filmography. I I saw he did a was a Steel Magnolias or Fried Green Tomatoes. One of those two. Yeah, he did Fried Green Tomatoes. And then Righteous film. Kill, and then he did another one of those weird Pacino action movies. Mm. Yeah. I don't weird, know. I weird, think he was trying to revive career. his career with this. Yeah, I don't know. It's such a fucking strange movie. I mean, mm. in how it's made and and, 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 and its existence, you know? Mm. I would love to fucking... <laughs> Get the special edition DVD and listen to like a director's commentary or something. Oh, you know that will never exist. No. Um, so what are your final thoughts on these two and what's your fart ratings? Um, I think that Arbitrage uh, could have done better. It's not bad by any means, but it's really brought down with some average directing and... Uh, yeah, it just fucking trips over itself sometimes. Uh, I'm giving it a 6 out of 10. And uh, Three Christs is um, bizarre. It's really bizarre. It's super lazy. Um, it's cynical. And it's shit. I give it a... I give it a 1. Fuck. Is that your first 1? I don't know. I think it is. Um, so Arbitrage, um, I think, thinks it's smarter than it is. Unfortunately, a lot of the plot elements I've seen done in better in better films. Richard Gere does a really good job, and I think uh, for the most part, it's put together well. For the most part, there are some bits that pull me out because, again, I think it's the writing. It just feels like he thinks he's very clever, but it just seems lazy. Yeah. Um, I can't give anything better than six, but I feel wor- bad giving it anything worse than six. So I think I have to give it six out of 10 farts. Yeah. I think slightly above average is fair yeah. to say. Yeah. Um, one out of 10 for three Christs, one out of 10 farts. Um, it's offensive. It's terrible. It's boring. It, it's boring. It, it, it wastes its actors. 
Because as we just saw with the other film, Richard Gere can act. Yeah. Peter Dinklage can act. Even the supporting actors, like the dude from fucking... Uh, the dude from fucking Office Space is in it. Yeah. Milton is in it. Yeah. You know? You have fucking Kevin Pollock is, is the bad guy in it as well. It has a good cast. Yeah. It's and, got everything it needs. And it pisses it up the wall. And yeah. it just absolutely... Like, this director did not give a fuck about no. it. No. Um, And for some reason, everyone else thought they were making an Oscar movie, but him. <laughs> you know? And, uh, yeah. Cool. Um, So, I think it's my turn to recommend this week. Yep. Um, So, I w- have been delirious and sick the last week, and I, it's, I've been struggling to figure out what to fucking pick. Um, so what I did was I put a poll on the Facebook page, Pure Cinema, and it was voted that we're going to watch the 80s output of Brian De Palma. Hey, all right. So, uh, yeah, I put a bunch of poll options. One was MCU phase two. Uh, there was something about Korean cinema up there as well. Um, but no, uh, yeah, people want us to watch, uh, 80s De Palma. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, cool. I'm down. Um, he used to be my favorite filmmaker, and then I grew up. <laughs> so uh, I'm curious as to how I think about a lot of these films now. Anyway, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.